You are listening to the English Heroes series. Thank you for listening to the English Like an Eagle podcast, helping your English skills fly high. From hollytreeenglish.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the English Heroes series, part of the English Like an Eagle podcast, where I bring you interviews with English hero learners just like you. This episode is part two of my interview with Aurélie from France. Another reason that Aurélie is an English hero is that she understands the importance or the value of finding an English learning method that is right for each person. This is powerful because it helps each person to find their way and reduce stress. Enjoy. So then um, how could you, how could someone who has not come to America or Canada or somewhere else, um, do you think it's possible for them to find ways to live the language more? If they are not in an English speaker country, Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah, totally. Because the thing is that um, I give you another example. I lived in Ethiopia for about a year and a half because I was working for the French embassy over there. Um, so my work was mostly in French because I was working with the French government and um, but I was also communicating in English, right? Because of the people I was working with, but also my friend a lot of my friends were working for the <clears throat> U.S. Embassy or the Canadian Embassy or the Australian Embassy. What happened is like I was in Ethiopia, but I was still able to practice my English because I was going toward people that were speaking English. So you can live in a country where English is not the first language, but you can always find a way to practice because you have English speaker everywhere. You're always gonna have a community of French speaker somewhere because it's very, it's a very international language. Everybody needs it for um, their job or for business. So if you are really willing to have interaction with English speaker, you will find, <clears throat> you will find, you will find them. Um, I think you can, uh, look for, you know, places of like gathering, obviously right now with the COVID, it's a, <laughs> it's a total different situation, obviously, but you always have, you know, like a way of meeting new people. And with online, with the online, there is no border. You have social media, you have all those applications when you can meet up and connect with, with people. 
So you cannot limit yourself just saying, oh, I'm not in an English speaker country. No, I mean, um, if your purpose is to really practice and improve, you really, you really can. And just watching TV, movies, listening to radio, listening to podcasts, now there is no limit with the internet, unless you live in a cave. Um, <laughs> yes, you can practice anywhere, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there are so many ways to create your own English environment if you um yes you know I tell students put labels put uh take a, a piece of paper and put it on your uh refrigerator and it says refrigerator but you can practice grammar this way because you can write sentences like I am opening my refrigerator mm -hmm. my refrigerator was closed you know passive voice right uh something like that and um you can use these ways that sound very crazy but they are effective i have taught students who have used these um things to help them when they had no english speaking friends or you know they made their own way and there are so many ways to learn and practice uh, a language. Mm -hmm. It's it's really amazing. Like I don't, I don't. Um, what's the word? I don't say no to um, even the very old mm -hmm. methods, the old ways of learning a language, because my idea is that all of the ways that people have tried to learn a language have worked for some people. Right. So what that tells me personally is that one of the keys, mm -hmm. secrets, whatever you want to call it, for learning a language successfully is finding the, 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 um, techniques or ways that work for you mm -hmm. yes i agree and that's why i think the most important thing as a teacher is to put the student in the center of the learning process as a teacher if you do come with your method this is how i teach it cannot fit everyone so but if you put your students in the center of the learning process then like you said you can offer him or her different methods different way and like you said old school method can work my dad i remember like he's 74 he learned spanish when he was in high school middle school and university he's he hasn't practiced his whole life because he was working in english mainly so he didn't really have to use his spanish but he still know by heart certain thing because the whole school thing was like learning your conjugation by heart learning your vocab by by heart all of that so he was like he's like a, a machine you know like a computer that has record all of that 
But if you go to Spain, I don't know if you will be able to practice <laughs> that much. But he has remembered so many things. So and and he's impressive because I don't know, like I say, in practical life, if it will be efficient. But he has learned a lot, and he still remember a lot of things. So that's one method that we're not really we're not really using anymore. But I think it can learn for some people. I can, yeah, like you said, yeah. And you know, the interesting thing is even student-centered learning, like you're talking about, doesn't fit everyone because um, some students, they, they, they don't really want to, or they are uncomfortable with um, taking a, a central or, or, or an important um, position in deciding their learning. And that's okay, especially mm -hmm. for teachers like us who are trying to build a teaching business or build our own like online school. We cannot serve everyone. And so the students who want uh, a teacher to give them a method and say, this is how you do it, this is what you do, then that's okay. There are teachers for those students also. Mm -hmm. um, and I can be that if I have to. I'm not, if I'm, I'm not so comfortable with that, but uh, I can be that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I learned German the traditional way um, I will say for my teacher most of the time he taught in the traditional way in high school mm -hmm. um, you know with a textbook mm -hmm. with memorizing grammar rules that kind of thing but for me, that fit my brain. And the book had some dialogues that were mostly practical. Mm -hmm. um, they helped us to see real life a little bit. And then sometimes he would uh, bring other materials, like when we had some uh, extra time on a Friday, for example, uh, he would show us a video in simple German mm -hmm. and I did very well in that traditional way um, but that's because my brain can learn that way mm -hmm. um, I like understanding grammar rules and patterns right and yeah. Yeah. using them to play with the language but that's me <laughs> yeah yeah are you are you good in math yes and no mm -hmm. when i understand it i'm good at it but um as you know from from our teacher group meetings um i cannot see so math was a little bit difficult sometimes uh if I didn't have the book in front of me or the problem in Braille, which is the finger, the way you read with your fingers. Mm -hmm. um, I, math was, was very challenging, but basic math, 
uh, I can do in my head. So sometimes if my mother doesn't want to get her phone and use the calculator, she will say, what is 20% off, you know, discount of this? And I will give her um, maybe not an exact number, but close enough that she can figure, she, she can understand uh, about the estimated cost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So basic math I learned to do in my head because I'm, <laughs> I'm old enough that um, we didn't use calculators in class until uh, seventh grade. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that is a, a strong, a strong point, a plus, because um, I can do the, the simple everyday math in my head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just, I was asking this question because I have noticed that usually students that are like or good at grammar, they usually have this logical mind that also that show also in math. That's all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I am a strange mix of mm -hmm. like logical, but also very creative. Mm -hmm. um, I'm one of those people that if you give me a personality test, I usually show different areas. I, I show strong in multiple areas mm -hmm. in, in many places because um for example, there's one personality test that uh, does the animal personalities. There's a famous uh, psychologist in the US, Gary Smalley, and he created the personality types with animals. So it was golden retriever, which mm -hmm. is a kind of dog for our listeners, a beaver, which is an animal that lives in the forest. Mm -hmm. um, an otter, uh, which can live in the sea or the, or the river, depending on the kind of otter. Mm -hmm. And the lion, who mm -hmm. of course lives in Africa and Asia. Um, the, and in my case, when I took the test, I showed uh, high scores or somewhat high scores in all four areas. So I have qualities of all of them, which is possible. It's not very usual, but it's possible. My highest was golden retriever mm -hmm. because I like people and I don't like conflict. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and then beaver and lion, beaver likes structure. I like people to give me rules. I'm not very good at creating them, mm -hmm. at making rules, but I am good at following them. But I'm happiest if you give me the option to be a little bit creative inside of the rules. Or you give me a pattern to start with, and then I can start being, I use the pattern as a foundation, as a beginning, and then I play with it. So, uh, one time I thought maybe I would be a, a web developer. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was good at learning HTML. 
Mm. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't want to build the website exactly like the tutorial said. I took the concepts or I took the ideas and the code and I put my own, the text for my own website that I dreamed of that I wanted to make in and use the code to make that. It was. <laughs> Yeah, my my husband tried to try to convince me to learn coding. He was like, "But you learn language and you teach language. You should know how to do coding." And I'm just like, "Ah, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do that." Well, now I'm building. I have my own website that I maintain. So that little bit of coding that I learned when I was yeah. trying to understand my career path is uh, it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yes but maybe that, one day me. maybe one day i cannot say no maybe one day i will do some coding you know yeah, yeah. i'm a christian and i tell people i have learned to you never say never with god <laughs> exactly yep yep <laughs> I hope you have enjoyed part two of my interview with Aurélie from France. And now it is time for the episode question. If you have an answer to the episode question that you would like to share with me, please visit the webpage for this episode and leave a comment. I would love to read your answer. And the question for this episode is, what learning method do you think is right for you? What learning method do you think is right for you? Also on the webpage, you will find a link to Aurélie's website where she teaches French. You will also find a link to sign up for a free English planning session with me and a link to support this podcast with a small donation, which is a money gift if you can. And now I want to say thank you again to Aurélie for being on the English Like an Eagle podcast. I want to say thank you to Neil, my friend and colleague, for his lovely flute music. And as always, I want to say thank you to you for listening. You have been listening to the English Like an Eagle podcast, helping your English skills fly high from hollytreeenglish.com. This is Holly, or Teacher Holly, saying goodbye until next time.